0: How are you doing man yeah good thanks Craig how are you doing I'm good I'm good I'm warm you know what I'm warm because this house is red hot it's Christmas now my girlfriend turns the heating on like mad and it other than there being a Christmas tree in here it's just really warm I'm really warm man <laughs> oh, I'm a little bit jealous because it's really cold in this one <laughs> it's because you're in Sheffield Sheffield's colder than Barnsley yeah it's
1: like um, a chilly mountain I am quite high up uh, so there's like seven hills in Sheffers, you may or may not know, and yeah, I'm like halfway up one of them. So I think it makes it a little bit colder.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's just it's just all it's always terrible weather in Barnsley. Everything's terrible in Barnsley. I don't know why I live here. <laughs> to be honest, there must be some redeeming feature somewhere. It's cheap. It's cheap to live. Yeah, it's it's nice. It's got a personality. When you say Barnsley, everyone's like, oh, yeah. It's got a reputation. Be that a positive or a negative reputation, it's, it's got, got an reputation. accent as well. It's got an accent? Yeah. It's got <laughs> I, both. I'm not really from Barnsley, but I've kind of got a little bit of a Barnsley accent, but it's not a mega, it's not a mega strong Barnsley accent. Anyway. No,
1: I'm not too clued up on accents. So you could tell me you had a Portuguese accent. I probably believe you. <laughs> you sh- You what should know the difference.
0: Are you you originally from Sheffield?
1: Uh, Yeah, so kind of. I was born in Chesterfield and then I moved further afield to Drumfield to grow up. And then I moved further afield to Sheffield to go to uni and now start a business and a career and that sort of thing. So I've just hopped from field to field all my life. What? hops from job field to job field? No, so like Chesterfield, Drumfield. Sheffield. Oh. They've all got Field in the name, that's the joke. Yeah. Sorry, I, I
0: didn't get that. I'm, I'm slow this evening. Cause well, we, I'm I'm usually slow anyway, so don't worry about it. We are actually on the same time zone. The majority of these that I've done so far, the people I've spoken to, we haven't been in the same time zone. Naeem, when I spoke to him last week, he was in Dubai and it was like half ten at night or something. It was 7pm for me. Other people, um, Norm, it was 3am for him. i heard that one yeah and he still did it madman so it's it's nice to talk to somebody where the relative time is the same as everybody else you know we're actually talking from context it's 7 p.m for me and 7 p.m for you yeah it makes life a bit simpler i suppose i guess even though you said you you want us to talk about video games we, Mm. we should at least say what you are or or what you do so it gives some context even though it's going to give less context because we're going to talk about video games rather than the thing that you do yeah but you kind of do a similar thing to me don't you you're a brand designer i guess how do you say you do your thing
1: well i've been flitting around the titles uh just calling myself different things for the past few years craig so i started out as a graphic designer then i decided i was going to be a brand strategist then i decided i was going to be a brand designer and I've decided I'm a brand consultant. And I think you've called me a brand professional. Maybe i called myself that in the bio. So I've got like at least five titles going on. And I am trained as a graphic designer. Um, I've, I've learned strategy myself. taught myself that and I've learned that through courses and things. So, I, yeah, I've got a few strings to my bow. And I guess I can call myself anything, but it's the results that matter, I guess. It's the things that you actually do.
0: Mm. does that answer the question yeah yeah it's a Mm. constant joke it's a constant joke in our industry connor when he came on the podcast he gave me his his bullshitty title and, and and i read it out to him and i was like well what does that mean and he said it means i draw things for a living craig um and in fact i'm actually gonna i'm recording a youtube video soon for a bunch of school kids which sounds really weird but it's actually really normal i'm recording a YouTube video for them of a talk I did a couple of years ago which is how I draw for a living purely to explain to them this weird kind of job that we have this thing that sits across design and marketing and branding and and to try and explain to them and get them excited about doing this as a career because because of the fact that you and I do similar things I'm a I guess the simplest term is designer you're in the simplest term a designer but we both do so much so many different things and so does Connor and so does every other graphic designer because of that fact that there's so many different things you can do across all those it's a really exciting career to have which gives you loads of opportunity to do all kinds of different things across different fields and Maybe one week you're a designer and maybe another week you're a marketer. I just think it's a really exciting career and it's something that, something that kids particularly are just not aware of at all. Um, so that's partly why I'm, I'm doing the YouTube video, long tangent. But the point I'm getting at is that even though both of us do the same thing, we don't do the same thing at all. And that makes it very difficult to both explain it, well, to your mum and dad. Uh, and also to explain it to any client because it changes every week.
1: Mm. I had um, a chap asking me, like a friend, what my positioning statement was on LinkedIn and we were going back and forth for about a week because he could give me one but I couldn't quite give him one that was good enough Mm. and it's so difficult to craft a decent one that actually means something. You know, a lot of positioning statements are a bit like airy-fairy, for lack of the better words. Yeah. And they don't actually help anyone understand what you do, which kind of defeats the point, I think.
0: What did you end up getting to? Did you end up deciding on one? Oh, I
1: gave up. I told him I'd get back to him. <laughs> <laughs> and then since then, I've I've put my business through this strategy. So I think I've got to something more interesting now and tangible and it it basically summed up it's like i help indie consultants find the truth and realize their vision and i think that kind of speaks to people hopefully in a way that most people can understand because a lot of business people have a vision that they want to you know what's the word reach with a business in mind Mm.
0: i I think that i think that definitely works saying saying that kind of statement is way better than saying I am a graphic designer because the problem <laughs> the problem with saying I am a graphic designer or I am a brand designer or whatever it is, no matter what it is, I am an accountant, I am a financial advisor. It isn't thinking about what the client wants first. And, th- and this is the trap that we all get stuck in. I've been stuck in this for a million years as a designer. And you focus too much on the things that you you do without focusing on what the client wants and i think that statement that you just said there is is way more powerful for that because it shows you're actually thinking about what the client wants rather than what you want but it it's hard it's hard it's hard man to reach that statement anyway i don't want to get into a boring conversation about graphic design because (laughs) i was on your podcast the other week which i'm sure you'll release soon and we spoke about design and how I ate a hap apple, happle. How I hate Apple? How I hate <laughs> apple. We spoke about how I ate apple. Yeah. Um, and I, and we'll leave it for that. I don't want to repeat that conversation. And yeah. you specially decided you want to talk about video games. Um, yeah. I'm gonna let you that lead this man. Where do you want to Where do you want to start about video games? So I guess the background is. I love video games, and you love video games, so we can talk about anything.
1: Yeah, well, I've been playing games since I was like seven years old, Craig, and I'm nearly 33, so I've got quite a history to draw from there. But uh, the obvious question for us to ask each other is, what are you playing at the
0: minute? Go on, then you answer first, what are you playing?
1: Okay, so I've just finished Red Dead Redemption 2, which was a long slog in the end, because I started it about two years ago got to through the first three or so chapters and then got really bored of it because there were so many characters it is sort of thrust you in a deep end expected to, just, to know everything all these other things you press a button and rather than get on a horse you punch it and it kicks you you know all these <laughs> sorts of things can go wrong and I just put it down and just concentrated on all this stuff for a while and then maybe a year and a half on I was listening to my friend slag it off and tell me how I shit a game it was and now people really don't actually play it through to the end because only 28% of people have finished the game and for some reason that made me really want to play it again so I jumped back into it finished it and now it's like one of my favorite games ever
0: I think oh you're a you're a bigger man than me being able to finish that game how many <laughs> how many hours did you end up playing on it to finish it well I didn't count them that's one of
1: the things with gaming <laughs> isn't it you don't really sit there and watch the clock you just I mean, last night, for example, I was ended up playing this uh, samurai game called Neo Two until like quarter to two in the morning, which was not like me at all. But it's so easily done. I've not heard of that Neo Neo Two. Fantastic, really cool. Have you heard of a game called Ninja Gaiden?
0: Yeah, it's uh, too difficult. I played the first level, got to the first boss, could never defeat the first boss, and never played the fucking thing again. <laughs> to be born. <laughs>
1: amazing well it's made by i think it's made by the same people that made that so you've already got an idea in your head of how tricky it is um it's a very difficult game you basically play as a samurai you've got a couple of ninja skills because why not
0: yeah i I uh, do know what you mean now it's it's not neo is it it's n-i-o-h and i was thinking neo was as in um matrix neo it's spelled n-i-o-h isn't it okay yeah well that's how i pronounce it i presume it's pronounced like that I'm i guess I swing it's pronounced it. like that it sounds like it probably is but yeah i do remember it now i saw it come out i saw it was made by is it team ninja i'm pretty sure they're called team ninja i think so i saw it was made by them and i just noped straight out of there knowing that i just would not stick to it because <laughs> it's too hard it's too i don't play games for a war of attrition I play games to enjoy them. And that's just too far to one side for me. Too, It's too difficult.
1: Yeah, that's where we differ then because I really enjoy the challenge. If I'm not playing a really hard game like the Dark Souls series, which I've, I've finished them all, love them, amazing. If I'm not playing a really hard game, I'll pick the hardest difficulty if <laughs> I can.
0: And I'll stumble through. No, d- definitely not for me. I guess, I guess to answer your question back at me, what am I playing at the minute? I've just bought an Xbox Series X and I've been playing Assassin's Creed. Um, It isn't grabbing me though, I'll be honest. The Assassin's Creed Valhalla, the setting is beautiful. I really wanted to like it because I love Vikings and I kind of look like a Viking. And I really wanted to love it. But it's just a bit, you know, it's just another Ubisoft Game that's just too big, too boring. It's full of running around tasks that you just don't give a shit about doing. I just can't get into it. And it's really disappointing me because it looks really nice on the new Xbox. It looks nice on the old Xbox. But yeah, I've been playing that and I just couldn't get into it. And then I bought. I, bought, I love uh, Yakuza games. Mm. So, so the whole Yakuza series. And they brought a game out a while back uh, called. Judgment, which only came out for the PS uh, PlayStation, I think it's only out for the PS4, um, and it's set in the Yakuza world, but you play as a different character, and you play as a private detective, uh, and it's like a crazy Japanese weirdo game. All the Yakuza <laughs> games are they're like deadly serious, but massively over the top, and then full of really random shit that you just don't get in Western games, and it's why I love them. And I, I really enjoyed that. I, I that's the one I've been playing the most. I keep trying to dip back into Assassin's Creed, but I'm I'm stuck at the minute between loads of different games. And I hate it when this happens. When there isn't when there isn't a Red Dead Redemption out that you really grabbed by, or there isn't like a big blockbuster, you know, that you you really grabbed by, or a game that you're getting into, and you're just flitting between loads of games. I'm flitting between Assassin's Creed forza horizon 4 judgment i bought the remake of final fantasy 7 and i'm just flitting i'm just yeah I, i'm just flitting between loads of games and i'm not getting any of them done so i'm not really playing any i Honestly. feel your pain <laughs>
1: i do the same thing um with games sometimes mostly with books we said we were talking about books briefly the other day mm. um, I mentioned that I'm in the middle of about 13, 14 bucks or something. Same. And that's that, oh, it's terrible. It's like even worse than I've got a Kindle because now I'm just yeah. like munching through these one pound deals on yeah. Amazon or whatever. And uh, there's loads of things that I want to jump into and check out. And they sound amazing, but I'm just like 10,
0: 20% into all of them. I'm not really getting anywhere with any. I used to, on the books front, I used to see it as a bad thing that, I think this is a a childhood habit that we get taught that you have to start a book and finish it. But mm. now I don't feel so guilty about picking up a book and if it doesn't grab me, putting it down and maybe coming back to it in the future. And what I've recently started doing as well because I'm part uh, I bought a subscription to Readwise. Have you seen Readwise? No? Readwise is basically when you uh highlight books in Kindle, you can transfer the quotes back to Readwise and, and reconsume them at a later date and it sends mm. you five of them. By default, it sends you five of them every day. So it's good for it's good for recollection, for memory recollection, and also throwing the quotes back at you. Uh and since I got that, they've got an article on there about how you should read books. And it it really interested me because it said you should go through the book and highlight it the first time. So go to the book, go to the contents, look at all the chapters, go through each chapter, highlight the chapter title, and then highlight key bits. So really fast, so speed read, basically. Look through all the bits. And then if a bit grabs you, read it for a bit. Basically, just read through the entire book in a couple of days and don't feel guilty about skipping bits. And then when you've done that, Go back to the beginning and start reading it again if it grabs you. But if it doesn't, what you've done is is grabbed loads of the, kind of like the key points from the book before you've even started reading it, really. So for when, so now when I'm picking up those those kind of books that are in the sale, uh, the books that I usually pick up like that, they usually I don't know if this if this the same for you, but it's usually nonfiction for me. It's usually uh, self improvement books or something like that. And a lot of them have got the kind of same ideas in them over and over anyway. So mm-hmm. reading them like that has, has really helped me, and also make make me not feel guilty if I'm reading a fiction book. I will read it from the beginning to end because I think it's a bit weird to skip around a fiction book. But I've usually I've usually only got one fiction book on the go. It's usually it's usually a load of self development books or informational books that I just can't get through because they're boring. So. Reading them like that has, has made it much easier for me to not feel guilty. And I've, I've listened to a bunch of podcasts over the last couple of weeks. I've been listening to a lot of uh, Danny Miranda's podcasts. It's absolutely fantastic. The people he gets on it is, is amazing. And a lot reading comes up with them a lot of the time. And most of the people say the same thing. They've got a load of books on the go. They'll flick through them and highlight the bits. And then they try not to feel guilty about not reading them because i do i do feel like a lot of those books after having read hundreds probably of self-development books a lot of them are saying the same things aren't they you don't Hmm. need to read the entire thing you need to get the gist the main idea and then you're done don't you you don't really need to read the whole thing
1: yeah i'm reading a lot of business books i presume the same books you're reading i know you've read stuff like Chris Foster's never split the difference in that. Yeah. And you find that, yeah, the the often quote other authors of books that you've already read. So you kind of literally go around in circles. I think one of the reasons I feel guilty about not sticking a book through to the end is because I'm a big fan of Goodreads, you know, Goodreads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I really like that website and I like having ticking off books that i've read and giving them a star rating i don't leave a comment i've left a comment on like one or two books ever and i've read about 300 or so and put them on that website but i just i feel like i'm i'm ticking things off a scoreboard or something every time i read a book i get this sense of satisfaction but i think it defeats the point because i'm reading it then to tick this thing off and feel that accomplishment but not actually to learn anything so it becomes less of a useful pursuit and more of a chase of dopamine or
0: something i guess i don't know i don't know if you feel the same but i feel like when i'm when i'm really slogging with a book i don't take the book in either you're just yeah. you're reading it for the sake pure sake of reading it because you want to get to the end of it but you realize that you, you've not highlighted anything you don't remember anything uh and you get to the end and you're like well why did i just waste two weeks reading that so yeah I, i've tried to feel less guilty about that and just and just either leave the book or just skip through the book. And it, it's amazing how many more books I've got through like that, and I still haven't felt like I've missed anything. Mm.
1: Mm.
0: That, well, that was that was a tangent off, off uh, games, wasn't it? <laughs> Quite a tangent, yeah. I think um,
1: just going back to the Xbox, I'm surprised you bought a new one because it's a bit risky, isn't it, when they first come out. They all come with problems and that, and most people's have broken down at this point.
0: Yeah, it's been okay for now. It's had some weird issues, though, I will admit. It's had this weird uh, issue where it keeps going black, where the screen keeps going black, and I think it's... I'm hoping it's just a dodgy HDMI cable. I haven't looked into it anymore yet. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I do it every time. I, I When the consoles come out, I say I'm not going to get one, and then I, I get sucked into it, and then I want to buy one. But I'm not... I'm not feeling it at all for the PS5. I, I just really fancied an Xbox. But for the yeah. PS5, it's ugly as shit. It looks like a Stormtroopers sex toy. I, I want to go, I want to go nowhere near that thing. So I'll probably end up, I will end up buying one. I'll definitely buy one. But it, I don't think it'll be this year. It'll probably be the middle of next year or something. But I was talking about this in the office earlier today. The problem with the new consoles now. And this is the first time ever I can think of this has happened. Both consoles have come out. There's no new games. There's there's nothing. I think that's
1: always been a problem, but it's just more apparent now than ever. Like, I don't think Xbox has got one game, one string to its bow, has it yet?
0: No, and really neither is PS5 because the, the Spider-Man game also has come out for the PS4. So there is li- <laughs> there's literally no exclusives whatsoever for either console which is crazy
1: i think the ps5's got this little indie thing called bug snacks which is probably of no consequence or relevance but i, <laughs> I don't know I, i'm not sure i can't think of any other good examples
0: well it, it was meant to be halo halo infinite that was coming out for uh xbox but we had this little thing called coronavirus happen and every every uh, games company's used it as an excuse to put the games back <laughs> Yeah. That, maybe that's unfair, but what I think it's shown though what's quite interesting about the coronavirus thing is it's shown how bad game developers crunch towards the end. We all know this anyway we We know that they can spend six to twelve months working eighteen hour days to get a game finished. But because of coronavirus and because there isn't the pressure of the team in a room, you know, a big development team all working together. they're they're just they're all working from home they can't force them to work 18 hour days so what Mm -hmm. so what they've realized straight away is that shit we we're half as productive as we used to be but this is kind of what we should be like if we don't want to make all our developers burn out within three years so i think i think it's probably going to end up being like this for a while where games games start I, i know games release dates always get pushed back but if you look at something like cyberpunk where it's been pushed back push back push back push back and then even when they said it was going to launch in november they came out the other day and said sorry it's launched in december now mm. it's because of coronavirus and because they're not getting this this super productivity from the developers anymore which used to come from them basically whipping the developers like donkeys <laughs> well i could be wrong but i think that cd project red that made the Witcher and um
1: cyberpunk i think they've got a history of delaying things over and over again to be honest but i do see yeah, your have. point i'm sure this has happened to pretty much all of them across the board where they just had to slow down almost to a stop because of this thing that's happened that's hit every practically every industry yeah it's a crazy world we're living in
0: yeah i read the reason i mentioned the crunch stuff is because i read a book about it ah the name slips my mind it's a book I've got three quarters of the way through on my Kindle, and then left it like everything else. Uh, and what it—it's really interesting. And what it does is it charts. It's basically by a—I think it's a journalist from a Kotaku or, or however you say. You know that games website, Kotaku. Yeah. Um, it's one of the journalists from that site, and each chapter is chronicling the development process of a huge game that—that's gone in history over the last ten years or so. So it's got um, Diablo 3 in there, it's got um, some of the other ones, Witcher 3, it's got that one in there as well, and each chapter is about a huge game like that that you'll be familiar with, and it talks about the massive problems that they had bringing that game out, and Destiny's in there as well, Destiny's really interesting, because I don't know if you remember all all the nightmare that they had with Destiny, but... um, that's a really interesting chapter, the, the whole over-promising of what it was going to be, and then it got released, and it was a pile of shit, basically. And, <laughs> and then they they turned it around by releasing an add-on pack, and then people started to like it again, and, and then Destiny 2 came out, and people really like it. So the book is all about the, actual, the internal politics and the internal development teams. It's really interesting. I'll, yeah, that I'll, sounds cool. I'll find it out, because you you need to you need to read it and anybody else that one person who was watching this live stream might actually find it <laughs> interesting yeah stick it in the
1: show notes for sure i think uh, i find the hype around games like new games kind of baffling honestly i'm one of these weird people that just buys old games if it's all i've got a friend that's like two generations behind i think at this point and he's quite happy just all the old stuff and just going for that but on the um topic of destiny height trains do you remember no man's sky
0: yeah that's pretty much exactly the same thing that happened with no man's sky but they never really recovered did they? they made it a lot better but i still don't think they ever it doesn't feel like they ever got the trust back that they put out no i don't think they did but then that said they're still releasing stuff
1: yeah. even now and i don't yeah. know how many years this is on after the initial release but they, they hyped it up so much that they've had to just keep working on it for years and i can't imagine they're making much money out of it these days
0: well what was what was really interesting and the book was called blood sweat and pixels by the way oh okay cool fascinating book really easy to read by jason Shura, i think it is um What's interesting in that book is the Diablo section. And it's something I didn't realize about Diablo and the people who make Diablo. It's completely gone out of my head now. What's the development company that makes Diablo? Um, um, is it Blizzard? Blizzard, yeah, Blizzard. Yeah. Um, what's really interesting about Diablo is that they, the strategy that they always do for games is they release it Knowing that it isn't going to be perfect, try not to overpromise, and then make the game a million times better by supporting it for ten years afterwards. And you can see now, people like No Man's Sky, and people uh, like Destiny and things like that—they tried to follow the same development path, but accidentally they wanted to release a game that was amazing, and it wasn't. And then they had to do it; they forced had to do it. Mm. but what's really interesting about Diablo 3 is that it's like 11 years old now maybe even 12 years old they're still releasing updates for it now and then they basically never drop support for a game they continue releasing update after update after update and not just patches and fixes for new operating systems and stuff actually adding new features and cons- consistently listening to to their audience and. Whenever one of them asks for a change or hundreds of people ask for a change, they'll still implement it seven years after it comes out. There isn't many... That's why Blizzard who they are. That's why Blizzard are Blizzard. And most of the games developers do not do that.
1: I think Blizzard are unique in that they've got a, a quite a, a rich history with World of Warcraft, haven't they, where they've had subscription models and people have been paying them whatever it is, nine quid a month, I think, for month on month on month for a very long time now. Yeah. And they've been improving things with the knowledge that they've got that money coming in. And the more they improve, the longer these people will keep paying. But with Diablo is an interesting one because I don't think they do have
0: a subscription for that no, as don't. far as now. No. Yeah. So just buy it so, once and they still keep updating it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's quite it's, it's a nice idea. Um, I don't know how doable it is from a money perspective because usually games, when you release a game, it's it's out there in the in the void for a couple of months and people are lapping it up and then kind of gets drowned out by all
0: the other new games that come out because there's so many of them now. Well, I think the only reason they can do it with Diablo is because they've got World of Warcraft. Mm. So, be, so because they've got... Oh, excuse me. Because they've got... World of Warcraft—it's making them an absolute fortune, and that's their main money spinner. It means they they can kind of have the side project of a massively popular game like Diablo Three to just do whatever they want with it, and never never have to add add a subscription model. But you see, you see, you see the format coming out over and over and over now. You've seen it with Destiny. You've seen it with No Man's Sky. You've seen it with rocket league and things like that where you buy it once and they keep adding feature after feature after feature after feature you've seen it rather strangely actually because they wasn't they weren't known for doing this kind of thing with call of duty modern warfare where they released the separate pack where they basically released a separate version of the multiplayer that was free and they released that to the public and now they continue to update that so they've siphoned off the multiplayer into a free version and and the game is also still a paid version that's something that that Activision would not have done well Infinity Ward wouldn't have done 10 years ago or something I personally I'm not sure I like it I'm not sure I like this freemium model I don't like the idea that you can release a half-assed game and then improve it to make a good game eventually after five years I don't think it's the right model, and I uh, and I think it lets off developers too much, and that's why games like that's why games like Cyberpunk, like CD Projekt Red, and like Rockstar, they only make a good game every five years or six years or something because they take their time to make a game right the first time it comes out, and that unfortunately is becoming a massive rarity in video games because people's attention spans have dropped and people are just releasing games. Small parts of games too quickly. Look at the latest Call of Duty. It's 60 quid, uh, 50 quid, 60 quid, depending on what console you buy it on. And the multiplayer, uh, sorry, the the single-player campaign lasts four hours. It's still not good enough for me, that. Yeah, but
1: we've been sort of trained to expect more from games, haven't we? We've played so many games that Have had much longer, um, you know, story lifespans than that. That were kind of almost trade monkeys at this point. I'm surprised when a game doesn't last 60 hours plus now. Like, mm. I'm playing Neo, and I've probably spent 60 70 hours on that so far. I've not quite finished it yet. Red Dead was probably, I don't know, just guessing 100 odd hours before you finish it. But yeah, it's surprising when you don't get a game that's that long but we've just been sort of treated i guess by all these great
0: new games and it's such a good time to be alive right now because we've got all these fantastic things to play i've got i've got to say things like neo and things like red dead redemption still aren't the norm the majority of games the games that sell in the millions like call of duty are all very very short and all very very quick very quick to be over and 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 very you know very poppy neo is not really a mainstream game and i i'd I'd hesitate to say that most people didn't finish red dead redemption and i'd say that most people would have said it was too long for the market Mm. i don't think it's a. when you play it it's not really a mainstream game is it even though it's from rockstar it's not a grand theft auto because of the way that they've made it, and because of the really lengthy story on it. So, I, yeah, there, there is quite a few games out like that, but they aren't the mainstream games. They aren't being made... The people who should be setting the example is what I'm trying to get at. The people who should be setting the example, like Infinity Ward with Call of Duty, do not set that example. They just... They make a short story. It's four hours long. It's all about the multiplayer. And... And they're trying try and get you with the quick dopamine hits of the, of the multiplayer modes rather than crafting a story. Uh, and because I'm a little bit old school with this, I still think a game, if you're paying 50 quid for a game, it should have a lengthy single player story. I, I don't think there's any excuse not to do it. I, it for me, because, again, I'm a little bit old school like it. The multiplayer is the add on isn't it it's it's not the main feature or it shouldn't be to me it should be the add-on it should be the extra and if it's going to be the main feature you should still have an equal or better single player campaign because you you just most of us don't have the online friends to play these games with all the time when you get a bit (laughs) older
1: well most you know not everyone's our age Craig so (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of kids out there playing these games with their, their friends and that. But I guess it, it comes down to value, doesn't it? It's what people perceive to be valuable in the game. So a lot of people love Call of Duty for the multiplayer and they don't play it for the story. I don't think a lot of people even touch the story on a Call of Duty, which is fair enough. If that's what you want, if you want the multiplayer, then yeah, go for it. It's it's your life, not
0: mine. <laughs> I think I think it's the the ing of games it's 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 the fact that Fortnite is such a huge concern now that makes an absolute fortune that every single game that comes out has to add a battle royale mode that's going to keep the game's longevity for years and years afterwards that's what call of duty's added that's what the latest call of duty's added as well which is, is kind of weird that modern warfare is made by one development studio and then black ops cold war or whatever the fuck it's called that new one that's made by somebody else and they've both made competing online modes that aren't the same that aren't connected Mm. still still strange still strange to me that but yeah the the point i'm getting at is that it's this fortnighting of games and I, i honestly think that outside of your neos and your red dead redemptions and things like that the place to look for games that are going to last you is indie games because they're amazing and the in, the innovation in indie games is huge and really inspiring and still really fun to play i don't know if you feel the same with with indie games
1: I, what do you define as an indie game craig
0: uh
1: well <laughs> That, that's hard, hard to say, it. it? Um, yeah, because I think of indie games as like something that about three people have worked on in a small yeah. flat somewhere.
0: Yeah, I'd say that, but some some of the indie development studios now are like 20, 30 people big. But on a modern video game, that is still a tiny team, which is ridiculous. But, the, you know, that's still a tiny team. In terms of indie games, what I'm thinking is... Uh, they're often pixel art type games um those kind of things ones ones with lengthy stories uh the one I have played to death is um oh my God, I can't believe names slipped out of my head. It's a side scrolling shooter where you play different eighties movie characters. It'll come to me i can't- re- I can't remember what it's called, but I've played it to death, and I forgot the name of it basically the stuff that's on steam that that kind of stuff and i know mainstream games are on steam it's not broforce is it Bro Force, yeah it's Bro Force. <laughs> nice it's, am- it's amazing that game
1: yeah i like how it feeds you different like every now and again you just get a new character and you'll recognize him oh yeah that's yeah. rambo or whatever <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah 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 those kind of games and the innovation in those games is way higher than teams that are a thousand times bigger that should be innovating, but they don't because it's easy money to, it's easy to make millions by not innovating.
1: Yeah, and Call of Duty is a perfect example of that, isn't it? Because they've been releasing like one a year for, I don't know how long, and Assassin's Creed, going back to what you were saying about Valhalla, that's the same formula that it has been for a long time. I stopped playing like two or three games in because it seemed like more of the same and I don't think they've really changed it that much. What, what was the last one that you played?
0: I got halfway through Black Flag and then stopped. Okay, so they have changed it quite significant, significantly since Black Flag, but all they've done is turned it into an RPG, basically. So they've, they've got rid of the fairly fun fighting mechanics and swapped them for kind of like a hack and slash RPG-type element. So it's more of an RPG... There's barely any assassinations in it at all. I mean, you're not even an assassin, so to call it to call it Assassin's Creed is ridiculous. And the assassins in Valhalla are actually another set of NPCs that follow you around. So you're actually you're not you are literally not an assassin in Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Valhalla. You are a Viking, and you have some people who are from the Hidden Order, as they call it on the game, who are assassins. Who teach you some of their skills, so you are literally not an assassin in Assassin's Creed Valhalla. It is a Viking simulator. Uh, that's not a bad thing because the setting is really cool. But to call it Assassin's Creed now is very far removed from what it used to be. So it is very, it's very different to what it used to be. Now it's about quests. It's about leveling up. It's about grinding to a certain point. It's yeah, it's very RPG if you like RPGs you might like it but even in even in the latest one, the Valhalla, they've removed a lot of the RPG elements and it now sits in this weird space where you don't level up but you've got a power level which does level up but there's quests but you've only ever really got one quest so it's like, it's in between RPG and action adventure game, it's really weird my girlfriend it loves sounds... it but I don't <laughs> he sounds a bit confused it is yeah it's it, it's massively confused i think because of the last game because the last game they went all out on the quest there was loads of quests loads of opportunities for leveling up it went full rpg the last one and i think everyone went we don't really want this so they've pulled it all back and now it's more like uh it's more like red dead redemption actually where you've got the main story and you've got the stranger missions so that they don't call them stranger missions on um, on Valhalla but it's it's pretty much nicked off Red Dead Redemption that's the idea so you've got these side quests that are weird side quests that don't affect the main story but they're the only other quests that you've got and they're usually just a one-off activity like they are in Red Dead Redemption so yeah it's it's, it's much closer to Red Dead Redemption but not in a good way at all it's a shame really hmm. And and yeah. oh, there's Watch Dogs as well. Yeah, I, I bought Watch Dogs, and that's another just another boring Ubisoft game. That, I, I, <laughs> that, that is such wasted potential. That game as well. It's such a rich idea, such a cool setting, and it's in London this time, so it's even cooler. Uh, the whole backdrop of it is amazing. The setting's amazing. The story's is really cool. And then they just throw you into just this boring world where you're just doing shitty odd jobs, odd jobs for people that you just don't care about. It's just... It's a, it's a damn shame. This Ubisoft's obsession with open world, I think, is personally killing killing the way that their games work.
1: Yeah, but their games have been kind of formulaic for a while, haven't they? So you kind of know what to expect from them. Uh, I've never played a Watch Dogs, but it looks a little bit generic this time around with all the random recruiting you do because you don't have a set protagonist do you You just grab
0: someone off the street and make them do your bidding to be honest that's the coolest idea so (laughs) you're in it you aren't a set protagonist like you said and you have the ability anybody you see in the streets you can become them ...and they've all got unique skills... ...and they've all got unique stuff that they can do... ...it's actually a really cool idea... ...that's one of the best things of the game... ...that you'll be walking down the street and I don't know... ...you'll see a guy that looks like a football hooligan... ...and you look at his stats... ...and it'll say... ...Joe Bloggs underneath... ...football hooligan... ...and he'll have, he'll have special abilities like... He, ...he might have a baseball bat or something like that... ...and, and one of his superpowers... ...might be extra strength or something... And then you're just wandering the streets and you're just profiling all these people and then every now and again you might come across a spy or something like that and they'll they'll have a hidden gun or something and they'll be able to summon a, a spy car or something like that. Actually a really cool idea, that's probably the coolest thing about the game but it's again let down by its massively boring story that just... It just feels really disjointed, and it just doesn't ever really go anywhere. The kind of thing that keeps you going with a Red Dead Redemption is that the story is very carefully crafted, and even if it is hundred hours long, at least you know you're kind of you're flowing through a story and you're going towards an end of something. But with pretty much any Ubisoft game, you always feel like you're not going anywhere, and you're just doing random odd job tasks for people. It's a shame.
1: Hmm. I've always felt like um, on games like Legion, where you've got random protagonists that they're, they're kind of restricted in their ability to know what you're going to do. So they can't prep hundreds of thousands of lines of storytelling, story crafting dialogue for a certain character when they don't know which character you're going to be using. So I wonder if the story has been dragged down a bit by that um, lack of certainty.
0: Yeah maybe maybe yeah it, it it does feel it does feel pretty genuine it, it doesn't feel like you're uh, they've only got a couple of lines of dialogue it does feel like you could play as anybody and do anything but I I haven't played it that much I've only maybe played it three or four hours uh, but yeah that could definitely be the reason that the story is a little bit boring because of it because you can play as anybody um they've kind of got around it in this this kind of weird way where wh- when you get in a mission briefing, it's just on a TV screen, so none of the other characters are in it. So that I think that's how they get around that, which is a bit naff. But it is a way to get around an idea that's actually quite interesting that's probably, in all honesty, been held back by the technology. Mm. That The lack of an ability to have... ...a game that spans across five discs... ...with hundreds of hours of dialogue... ...or something like that. It's The idea is really cool... ...and I thought the execution was quite cool too... ...but you'd love to see it... ...on a massive scale... ...in a game in another 20 years time... ...where it could really be realised. Uh, but yeah... it ...the the setting's really cool... ...but everything else is just... ...is a, is a bit wasted... ...which is a real shame to see. I'm hoping... That cyberpunk brings me back out at the end of this year.
1: Brings you out? What do you mean out of you? Out of your shell? Out of my out funk, of your house?
0: Out of my funk? Yeah. I I've, <laughs> I've played Valhalla, didn't like it. Played Watchdogs, didn't like it. Played a new Yakuza game came out as well. It's okay. Didn't really like it. It just felt like every new game that I've played in these last couple of months have just been I'm just a little bit naff, and I haven't really stuck with them there hasn't for me there hasn't been a good a big good game this year that's that's I've stuck at all year well
1: that raises a question what was the last big good game that you remember really loving all the way to the end Uh,
0: the one I always remember is Uncharted 4 but that's a couple of years old now Hmm. it'll probably have been a Yakuza game I think I played played one of the yakuza games earlier in the year and they are big games as well i i'm the i'm the same with video games as i am with kindle books like you are with kindle books i'll buy lots of games and then I'll have yeah. lots of games on the go and i'll never finish them and i i think yakuza was probably the last one that i uh that i completed i think and other than that uncharted 4 is probably the one the one that i just hold up every time it's not too short it's not too oh no, it isn't. Last of Us. Last of Us Two. Completely forgot about that. That was the last last one that I completed. The Last of Us Two. Fantastic yeah, game.
1: Not got that one yet. I'll get around to it in a few years when it's like down to a tenor or something.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it was a fun game. I, I really enjoyed playing that one. Uh did drag on a little bit, but it, it was yeah, it was fun. Mm. And you mostly liked it for the story, I'm guessing.
1: Mm.
0: yeah because well there isn't anything else to it is there it is literally a story game i don't think there's an online game to it at all which is awesome they actually made a game that is just single player story didn't bother with any of the other stuff and they made a really good game because of it i still prefer the uncharted series a lot of people think that the last of us is better than uncharted i don't agree i think uncharted is is way way better it's on a completely different level but they're still fun games and it is a cinematic level of a story which you don't get in video games very often
1: no i guess it's mostly exclusive to like triple a's isn't it really Uh,
0: well well, yeah but like we were just saying ubisoft games are triple a games they're not good stories at all no even even in even in most triple a games it is only rockstar and a select few other people that can actually write good stories. Most of them are still stuck in video game storyland which is which is mostly terrible. Hmm.
1: Bit of a tangent, but I'm I'm stuck in a bit of a problem at the minute where you know the PS Plus on PlayStation. Yeah. So yeah, you get two or so new games every month and they just give you them as long as you pay them for this subscription service. And I've been on it for a year or two and I've got a backlog of I think about 180 games most of which I've not really played and I think that I'd probably like to play at some point but the problem with this is that I never end up playing what I actually want to play because I'm too busy trying to catch up on the backlog it's a bit it's a good problem to have but it's still a bit of a pain when you really want to go and swing. but actually you just want to get this over and done with because it's there on the list <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I've got PS Plus as well. I don't think I've, I've either already bought the game by the time it comes out on the free thing, or I just never get around to actually playing it. Too too many games. I do like that they put indie games and stuff on there as well, though. Hmm. You ever try Hollow Knight? Yeah, it's it's okay. I I, I enjoyed it. I preferred Shovel um, Shovel Knight. I think that's is Shovel Knight, isn't it?
1: I think so yeah uh yeah I really want to play that one but I've never given that a try I was just mentioning the hollow one because I think that's on plus at the minute this month
0: yeah I keep meaning to check out Don't Starve I've still never played Don't Starve and mm,
1: yeah I I want to say Don't Starve is really good I, I did play it for a week or so quite a little bit feverishly I thought it was really cool <laughs> really draws you in um really interested in like starting a game fresh and trying to learn about it's one of those that doesn't spoon feed you the story. You have to work out what the hell's going on. So it just chucks you into a forest full of stuff and you have to sort of craft all these tools and stuff to survive and survive the winter and that. And yeah, it, it's good until you realize that oh, I'm just on my own and I don't know what I'm doing. I just died for the fourth time. And <laughs> what even, what even am I still playing for? <laughs> yeah. I've got a quite a cool new feature in, um, one of the updates they did don't starve together where you can play with a a friend and that seems like a really good idea because that would probably give you the motivation you'd need to actually stick it through and try and survive that first year
0: yeah i've fancied playing the don't starve don't starve together thing i always thought it just looked like a a horror kind of minecraft type thing which put me off really
1: yeah i love the art style though it's very uh tim burton-esque
0: yeah yeah it's 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 really cool looking yeah uh, wow well, we've gone 55 minutes we should uh should probably end this. <laughs> okay uh, <laughs> i could talk i could talk for hours like on every single one of these i could talk for hours about anything that we talk about and i could talk for hours about video games but we've probably already lost everybody anyway so i mean we could carry on talking but
1: yeah well it's all the same to me it's all good <laughs>
0: It's been a fun hour though, Craig. It's been a fun hour. We haven't spoken anything about design or marketing and that is good because this is exactly the kind of thing I wanted to do. Talk about something different for a change. And cool. we should talk about video games again at some point. Have you got anything else? Anything you want to say finally to finish off?
1: No, just thanks for sticking in with it, folks. If you did, uh, well, thanks for watching back. And if you want to learn about me, just um, like, Things in the show notes, isn't there, Craig? There is. Yeah. Cool.
0: Okay. Cheers, mate. I think. Speak to you soon.